Hello, dearest patrons. We're back with the third reading club of the 2022 series. Uh, it's the first one on fear. Uh, I have to apologize, first of all, for us being delayed on this and delayed in putting it out. Um, we're delayed for a number of reasons, including I think George tried to join the Dissolve Battalion. We had to dissuade him. That took up a lot of time. Um, so anyway. We had um, to explain now. to him it wasn't just red brown; it was actually worse. It, it was just brown. brown. It was, it was yeah, just brown. Black yeah, brown. brown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Exactly. Thanks. Thanks for saving me from embarrassing myself on on social media <laughs> by posting all the photos when I went over there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes, we're sorry, um, but from now on, these recordings will always be more or less at the last Wednesday of the month. So the next recording uh, is going to be in two weeks time, um, or, you know, two weeks from the time that you're hearing this. So it's, it'll be pretty soon. And it'll be following up on the same topic, more or less, it'll be about fear, it'll be a different book on fear, which uh, we'll talk about just very briefly at the very end. Before we get started, uh, I contacted all the people who wanted to set up a local reading club, got some feedback. Um, so just to update you where we are on that, because we've got a couple of reading groups around the world and mainly North America and Europe, which have started up. They've got plenty of members and they're doing very well. Um, so, you know, Portland, Seattle, um, Dublin, London, all have a healthy group and are meeting regularly. There's a couple of others who have good numbers, but I think haven't met yet. Um, maybe they're having some trouble coordinating. If you need any help with that, please do email us at info at bungacast.com. That's uh, Berlin, Stockholm, Yorkshire, um, Toronto, New York, and Chicago. New York, there's a bunch of you, but I'm not sure if you've managed to meet yet. Um, so anyway, if you do need help any coordinating with that, um, get in touch. And I'll also be in touch um, over the course of the next couple of days to, to see if uh, we can't help kind of bring all of you together. But there's a bunch of other cities where there's people who are interested, but there's just not enough of you, or there's maybe only one of you. Um, and they are in North America, Los Angeles, New England, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Bay Area, Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Washington, D.C. So if you're a listener and you're in one of those areas or nearby and you'd like to meet up with fellow listeners to follow along the reading club, um, please get in touch. Get in touch uh, either via Patreon or at info at bungacast.com. Um, and then in Europe, Amsterdam, Groningen, Leipzig, Milan, Munich, Tallinn, uh, and Glasgow or Edinburgh. Um, so there, those ones have only one or two people who are interested, haven't managed to meet, and we're looking for more people. So again, if you're, if you're in those one of, one of those places, do get in touch. Or indeed, if you're somewhere else and you think, hey, I want to try to set up a, a reading group, a local reading club, again, also do get in touch. It'd be great. The more, the merrier. Um, and also lots of you who are already in established reading clubs are sending in your questions and contributing to this, which is great. That's what it's about. It's meant to be kind of a dialogical process, um, I guess you'd call it. Um, and you want to know oh what my the God, don't say dialogical I, what, what, do you want to know what the, the word just the dialogue fastest... <laughs> what's wrong with dialogue jesus oh, okay. the fastest growing one do you want to know which one it is what to steal a joke from ali g it's dublin because it just keeps dublin and dublin and dublin oh well okay thanks go. for that um the the few george fans that there are out there will no doubt appreciate so you know um anyway so um that's uh, that's it for the local reading clubs. Um, also to say in these reading clubs, we'll also address questions and comments we received from the previous one. And we'll do that here rather than in the alpha bonus bonus episodes where we respond to all the questions and comments about other, other episodes. Uh, there weren't any actually with regard to the last one, which is on uh, Giorgio Agamben. 
But if you, just to let you know that if you have comments on this one, we'll address them in the next reading club and not in Alpha Bonus Bonus. Okay, that's enough for the announcement. Phil, uh, take it away. So we're doing his, um, Fear, History of a Political Idea, which was written by Corey Robin, political theorist in CUNY. Um, and it was published in 2004. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, 2004. So the reason I wanted to do this one as part of our um, series was, I mean, quite obviously, I mean, you know, as the name should suggest, I thought it would be useful to revisit it in light of the insanity of um, the last couple of years with um, pandemics and lockdowns. And I mean, I suppose my views on these questions will be familiar to um, regular listeners of the podcast, but even irrespective of how people might feel about particular policies it seems to me there was no avoiding the fact that the politics of fear um perhaps for better or for worse i mean it seems to me for worse but nonetheless however you may view it that it was an important dynamic of lockdown and given the fact that the politics of fear and analyzing the politics of fear um came in an earlier period during the global war on terror and especially around the invasion of iraq in 2003 it seemed timely to revisit Corey Robin and I had read it some time ago um, and rereading it now for this purpose I was um, just struck by how good it was in many ways and we'll talk about how far it helps us to understand um, what's happened with lockdown. So probably no main... actually just to jump in but a lot of the sections of the book were previously published articles which were written in many cases before 9-11 um, so it's interesting, I guess, yes, you know, that he was, he was working on that before 9-11, before there was this massive event, which seemed to change everything, at least in regards to the politics of fear. But he was obviously conscious of, uh, of the uses of fear uh, before it even happened. Yeah. So, but getting, so getting stuck into the, what I think is a weakness, in fact, of the book, but it's connected to the structure is the kind of bait and switch So, well, it's connected to the argument ultimately, but it's the bait and switch structure of the so what he really wants to do is to motivate a discussion. He kind of draws you in by giving this, what I find a kind of very, um, a very insightful and useful overview of different political theories of fear. That's the bait and the switch then is to discuss the oppressiveness of the American workplace and the oppression of American labor, essentially, particularly in the neoliberal era. And the argument is that this is, you know, that this is in fact the kind of the substructure or the foundation of the politics of fear, what he calls fear American style. So the everyday fear is associated with the oppressiveness of the workplace. Um, and this is really the crux of people's actual experience of fear beyond the kind of... Um, apocalyptic or cataclysmic events associated with the war on terror such as the terror attacks of 2001 or getting frisked when you go on to a, before you go onto a domestic flight um, or indeed perhaps I suppose you know with uh, from our perspective today all of the kind of um, paraphernalia associated with the height of lockdown with masks and gloves and lockdowns and what have you um, so what do you guys think of the bait and switch structure? Is it legitimate? Is it convincing in terms of thinking of fear as the dominating experience of the workplace? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not entirely clear. I didn't seem obvious to me until reading your notes on this, that there was a bait and switch 
sort of argument about it. I guess is is it is what you're saying that he draws you, the reader, as a liberal Democrat, um, into um, you know an understanding of how fear has been used and standing against that and thinking, okay, yeah, the politics of fear are really bad, and then going, aha, but look, you're overlooking this this key area. Yes, I think so. I think so because the argument seems to be that the um you know, that the real kind of experience of fear is associated with everyday life in the workplace, in civil society, in which you're dominated by, you know, a corporate hierarchy, a structure, or more directly, a boss. Um, and two things seem to me um, questionable about that. Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.